With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, my friends, your buddy Phil here, project management trainer and coach. Today, we're going to go through chapter two in the Pembroke Guide, sixth edition. Now, you know, the seventh edition is out. Yes, but a lot of people still get lost trying to navigate project management. And that's why I've put this series together to help those of you who are wondering, well, what exactly is project management? How do I get the foundations? These are the foundations. All right. So I want you to help me by sending this to friends of yours getting ready for the exam. I want you to help me like this video. And if you're enjoying these videos, please subscribe. It helps the numbers get out, helps people know that this is available for them as they prepare for the exam. All right. So I'm going to give you the skinny of chapter two. Typically, this would be a one hour, two hour lecture. I'm going to make it as short as 10 minutes. All right. So chapter two is all about the environment in which projects operate. And there's a summary to it. When you think about the environment in which projects operate, we can break this down into two. It's how projects are influenced by the environment, either by their internal or external environment. And we call those enterprise environmental factors. We also have something else projects are influenced by. We call that organizational process assets. And in this bucket, we have processes and procedures and the corporate knowledge base. So if you're thinking about the enterprise environmental factors, we could say external, things like marketplace conditions, things like regulatory type of factors like rules and regulations that the government sets down for certain work, Sarbanes-Oxley compliance, um, OSHA regulations and things like that. And then we have internal factors such as the availability of resources. The systems that you use could be a factor in your project success or failure. And then when we talk about organizational process assets, it's that simple. Processes and procedures that you decide on and the corporate knowledge base, which has information from previous past projects. It's really that simple. All right. Second part of chapter two goes into organizational systems. And the big idea is projects exist within an organization. They're organizational constraints. And those organizational constraints are further impacted as a result of the structure of the firm and the governance framework. So for this chapter, you need to understand as a project manager, responsibility and accountability leads to your ultimate authority. What are you responsible for? What are you accountable for? What authority does a project manager use? And then the project manager's authority or what what authority does a project manager have? The project manager's authority becomes part of their ability to affect their project, it leads to the very beginnings of their influence. You know, my mentor, John Maxwell, he says a true measure of leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. But where does influence start? It starts with your stated authority first, and then you build on your stated authority to develop higher inroads, 
through your emotional intelligence, your ability to interweave and network with people and your political capabilities, the ability to maneuver through the organization, right? And that helps you get the project done ultimately. That is really what this is saying. So if I was going to give you a picture for the summary of this portion of chapter two, it would be as follows. I would say your organizational structure types, the management elements in the firm and governance frameworks, those three things, and you can read about them more in the PEMBA guide, but those three things will affect your project. They will affect you as a project manager, your power, your influence, your interests, your competence, your political capabilities, and it will ultimately determine what is done in the organization project management wise. So as a project manager coming into chapter two, you need to understand the concept of one, governance. What is governance? It's the framework within which authorities exercise. This is really going to help you because it maps directly back to that whole narrative in the uh, PMP exam content outline, right? It's a framework within which authorities exercise rules, policies, procedures, norms, relationships, systems, processes. That's what we mean when we talk about governance. Second thing you need to understand are system principles, the way systems interact. Systems are dynamic. You can optimize systems but their individual components can also be optimized. Systems and their components cannot be optimized at the same time. Systems are non-linear in responsiveness. You could get a big shock. What happens in one tiny part of the system may not scale up, you know, the way you're thinking. And uh, change in the input does not produce a predictable change in the output. When we talk about systems, just remember, we're not talking about business systems. We're talking about systems of people and other things, all right? So we've talked about governance, we've talked about systems, and the last one I want you to think about is the concept of management elements. And when we talk about management elements, we're talking about key functions or principles of general management in the organization. Division of work, authority, responsibility, discipline of action, all of these things on the screen, right? But all of these, they map together in some way to help the project manager get results right? So the management elements, the governance framework, the concept of systems interaction, and our next topic, which is organizational structure types, all of these together, they help get the results that you get in the firm. Now, there are a couple of things that this organizational structure type might depend on. So one is the types available, and two is optimization. This will determine the type of organization uh, that you decide to have. And there are many different types of organizations. I'm going to go over these very rapidly with you here. We have organic, functional, multi-divisional, weak, balanced, strong, and project-oriented. We also have virtual, hybrid, and PMO. Now, if you put all of this stuff together into a pretty picture, we could say that this is a picture for the functional organization. And you can see each person reports to one boss. And then we have matrix organizations, which are a blend of project-oriented, if you wanted to call them that, and functional. And the first matrix type is a weak matrix. And here, the project manager's authority is weak, right? Then we have a balanced matrix where there's a balance of power to some degree between the project manager and the functional manager. Then we have the strong matrix in which the project manager has moderate to high authority, Project manager controls project budget. And then we go on to full project-oriented organizations where we have a project manager manage, managing a bunch of stuff. And then we could have a composite 
where at different levels, different layers, the different structures. That is the overarching idea. You can read up more in Table 2-1 in the 6th edition. It is probably going to help you. All right. And that is almost the end. We've got one more tiny little thing to talk about, and that is the PMO, the Project Management Office. We have three types of PMOs. We have supportive, controlling, and directive. Just take note, the one in the middle that is controlling is not the most controlling. The most controlling is directive. These folks directly control the project. The PM is assigned to the project by the PMO. The controlling PMO, like I said, it has medium control. The directive PMO has high control. The controlling PMO provides support and requires compliance with frameworks and methods. And then we've got supportive PMOs. They're kind of the, how can I help you kind of PMOs? What can I do for you? They give you templates, training, information, lessons learned, but they're not lording it over you like the other PMO called Directive. All right. I hope that helped you. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share with your friends. We'll go on to chapter three, quick summary. These summaries are really designed to help those of you trying to get certified in 2021, 2022, whenever it is you're trying to get certified. But I know that with time, the sixth edition will be phased out. So these videos are meant to help people that will not have the sixth edition uh, when only the seventh edition is majorly in circulation. Hopefully these videos can help people to get some context so that when they read the seventh edition, it will make a lot more sense to them. All right. Thank you very much. You take care. See you soon.